it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Another really exciting guest, and I always get a bit sort of girly when I'm for some reason when I'm talking to someone in another country. It's just a thing. It's pathetic, really, but it's just the way it is. And I am. I am talking to somebody in uh, Michigan, uh, sort of Birmingham, but that's not Birmingham in the UK. Um, and. She is quite a woman, and we've just been talking a little bit about politics, and I love the fact that she's living in a place that has got a female governor, and it's so right that this person should be living there, because this is Kim Boudreaux-Smith, who is a coach. She's done some author stuff. She's done some radio stuff. She's done some emceeing. She's, she's just a very lovely person, and you know, um, you're going to get to learn huge amount in this episode she's very real okay and that is the name of this podcast so let's go with it and she teaches women to speak and communicate effectively on any stage of their life like it kim like what you did there so welcome welcome thank you trisha thank you for um having me and you know something uh so, you know, I'm a very transparent person. So Trisha and I were having some great conversations before we came live. And she goes, real quickly, Kim, if I mispronounce your last name, you'll correct me. I mean, are you kidding me? You did it phenomenal. It was great. Woo! <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, that's it. I, I'm sorted. Um, yeah, all those years of learning French at junior school obviously paid off. Um, so, so listen, Kim, um, I... I, I want to dig in. We're, we're going to dig into things that I know we're mutually really interested in. Um, uh, sort of around the kind of, I'm, when I say imposter syndrome, I'm saying that because everyone will be able to immediately know what we're talking about. But both Kim and I have some very interesting perspectives on all of that. So, oh, this is exciting. We're also, therefore, be touching on, you know, you're using what Kim calls your bold voice and avoiding falling into the various shall we say people pleaser habits so if that isn't of interest to you then well frankly i don't know who you are because if you're human it should be so let's let's get going let's get going um right number one i know that you've been on the proverbial journey kim that you didn't just sort of fall into this immediately when you left school in fact you went pretty corporate didn't you to begin with yes yeah I've had a I have a I'm like a cat with multiple lives so my first life is corporate and I had a very successful corporate career I built my corporate career uh totally based upon lies and um it just it was one thing that led to another I'm that type of person that you know like the husband walks into the house and says, honey, I brought you a VCR. Here's the instructions to read. I'm like, instructions? Oh my good Lord, no. I have to put it in and start playing. And that's how I fell into having very um, successful, uh, very successful corporate career. But I was unhappy. I was like an animal in a cage. Even though I was in sales and not stuck in an office, I was still an animal in a cage. 
Yes. Loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was very successful, learned a lot, loved every minute of it. You see, and that's so interesting because I get, I, I'm quite good at, um, should we say, blagging it a little bit and things like that and, uh, and sort of fitting into certain, but I, I think I've heard you say at some point, you just couldn't play the game, basically. No, and oh gosh, we were just, uh, my uh, friend and I were just talking about this. I was doing some interviews for um, this book I'm writing, but same thing, she came from corporate and it's how can women be in corporate and still get up to the table and play the and, and play play the game authentically, you know, because we're so conditioned, um, not just here in America, but I mean, even in your country and around the world, we're so conditioned that if we show our vulnerability and any emotion, we are weaklings. We are weak, 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 and that is the farthest from the truth. And when we do that. We, we're, this is what we're doing. We're, we're do, actually, we're doing this. We're blocking ourselves down. We're choking ourselves down and covering our mouths and holding ourselves back. We're it, imposter syndrome. We're living fake. We're living totally. I did that. We're, I was very successful, but uh, living fake. Oh, yeah. It's perfectly possible to do, but the, the toll it takes on you and physically mm -hmm. and mentally. So, so was that, did you gradually come to that, that, that thing or was it a moment? Well, okay, so I'm going to give my age a little bit away here. Uh, so 12 years ago, I'm 60, so 12 years ago, 12 years ago, I had a huge um, turning point in my life. Just, um, just a couple blocks right over here from my home. And this is part of my story. A lot of people have not heard this, and it will be in my book, is I was coming home on a beautiful, sunny August afternoon. It was around noontime, around lunchtime, and I entered a red light at a major intersection. Now, this street is four lanes south and four lanes no, north with a medium in the middle. It's, it's, a, it's a main, main, main road. I came to the intersection and I fell asleep. And what woke me up was my head jerked forward. I picked, Trisha, I picked it up and I did it again. And thank God my foot didn't come off the brake because I would have been in the intersection. And so that was a huge turning point for me because it was all, everything that I was telling myself and, you know, I was living so lack. And that's when I was starting to have my aha uh, wake up. Well, I had a few aha wake up moments, you know, uh, several years prior to that, but that was, that was the breaking edge for me. The, that was just the, that was it for me. I mean, I pulled up here in my driveway after that and I was driving a little red Volkswagen Jetta, I got out, I put my hands on my hips, and I'm like, how dare you? Like, that was the car's fault, you know? <laughs> how dare you, my little red sports Volkswagen Jetta? You know, and I knew at that point to come in and start making phone calls. I pulled in the tribe. I pulled in help. I knew I had to get my act together. Do you think that, so it's funny, isn't it ironic to have a wake-up call by falling asleep? I love that. Um, <laughs> but... Um, so that's like a total mental, physical exhaustion. Would you say that in a way, because I firmly believe this, that if we are, as you said, and you did great hand movements, if, if nobody sees those on video, you were strangulating yourself and putting your mouth, you know, covering up with your hand. Would you say that that kind of pressure cooker thing that we do to ourselves by not being 
true to our own voice and owning it and all those other things and playing a game that isn't our game and ah, would you say that 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 is mentally and physically um wearing literally wearing us down and and this was a form of just pure kind of exhaustion from yes. that yeah yeah, I was waking up in the morning. I'm a morning person. I was waking up in the morning. Here's the first thought I put into my head. Hmm, what is my schedule like today for when I can come back to bed? I'm not even out of bed and I'm already talking. So I was dealing with you know a lot of that anxiety. When we choke down like this and, and, and pull back and hold back, it leads us, and I'm, and I'm gonna say this, Trisha, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a therapist this is my own personal experience and this is what i see going on with women i i, I pick on our gender because i work specifically with women is we deal with estrogen guilt when when we need to learn to embrace that we deal with so much as women is juggling hats and carrying children and giving birth we need to learn how to embrace that better but when we hold back and go to the other side of things that creates the anxiety and then anxiety leads anxiety to me personally is like the tsunami storm so when the storm stops and the sun comes out now we're dealing with depression you know we've got adrenal glands we go into um we're going to be facing menopause where our hormones shift. We need to get our acts together or that hormonal stuff is going to be 50,000 times worse than it really truly needs to be. I'm so glad you've gone right into deep and dirty on hormones, <laughs> Kim. I, I mean, really, we do need to talk about these bloody hormones. I mean, I'm 63, by the way, so um, you're very, very young. Um, and it, you look even younger. And I therefore have been through the, um, the menopause. And I would say that I hadn't really dealt with all my stuff um, when that hit me. So uh, I, <laughs> I can't tell you, there was a year of my life that um, it almost feels like surreal because it was chaotic, utterly chaotic and nearly nearly lost me um some very important well a very important person to be honest and i only in hindsight realized what the heck was going on had i worked on not being the pressure cooker me that i was prior to that it might have been just a little bit more easy to manage although never easy because it's physical and it's difficult but i love the way you talked about estrogen did you say estrogen guilt yes I love that. Estrogen guilt. We need to learn. It's not a guilt. It's part of being a woman. We, know, we need to learn how to embrace that. And, you know, we, we need to learn how to embrace everything about being a woman, including the most powerful tool, which is our voice. And that voice can either heal or harm, harm or heal, the double H's. And that heal and that harming and that harming and that heal begins with us first. And then we spew and project out there. And, you know, one of the biggest things uh, lately that I've been saying is we all as women, we need to show up very powerfully and strong. And I, it doesn't mean if you've been labeled as being shy or you're more of the quiet. Listen, there's such a beautiful, quiet presence into a room. We just need to show up as who we are and embrace that and really be ready to lean in and, um, and speak up and stand on our terms. And not victimize not blame and shame 
and not victimize um, and just really own it. In fact, we just had an issue here with a, a congresswoman, uh, Representative Alexandra, I will not go into her hyphened um, name, and she's, it's, she's being referred to as um, AOC. And she, wow, goosebumps. I mean, like I like live to meet this young woman. She was on the steps to going into a, uh, I do believe it was a, a, a state meeting or whatever like that. And this one gentleman came up to her, who was another representative, does not agree with her opinions and what she her what her voices and her spirit, and called her excuse me a fucking bitch. <gasps> called her that. Called. I mean, this is big in the United States right now. Called her that. Yes. And she is, uh, is of Latino descent, and so she um, addressed uh, the. I'm I'm not very politically savvy. She addressed the state or something. You should see this YouTube video when she addressed. Oh, yes called him out he oh my god she was amazing and then he shows up to apologize and it was such a half-ass apology and brings god into it talks about his wife and he's raising daughters my whole thing is look trisha i might not if you were living here in the united states and um you are i don't know believe in god and i don't i'm good with that you know vote republican i vote democrat I'm good with that, but let's stop calling each other these names, tearing everyone down, and let's just have some open dialogues. Because for me personally, that's how I learn. That's how I grow. But this labeling, especially of women, it's enough. It's enough. And she's tough. She's like, I've been called much worse growing up, you know, because she's Latina. I mean, people have said to her, go back to where you belong. And she's I'm like, she's an American. What do you mean where she's belong? So women need to take a lot from this young woman and learn how to manage those emotions stand grounded embrace and speak even if your mouth is getting dry from the emotions but own it and speak it oh well that is stunning i love i love that story um we'll we'll find a link to the youtube video we'll put on the show notes um i right there's Okay, I just, I'm, I'm going to backtrack from that story to something you said prior to that, because I think it's very important to pick up on this. You talked about quiet people. Now, I, I've got a real thing about this because I am, um, so my background is as an actor, so people would kind of assume I'm quite sort of extrovert. And, and yes, and in many ways I am, and I have trained that muscle well, although coming from a place where I was labeled as shy when I was growing up. So we won't go there. But the point that I want always am keen to get across is you don't have to be big and loud and larger than life and doing jazz hands all over the place to have this power, um, this strength, this, this female energy, whatever it is, um, being really used well. And that you said it, you said there's a real strength and power to a quiet person showing up with their own voice just just give me your thoughts on that a bit more well you know first of all i hear so a lot of women saying i'm introverted i cannot i can't kim i can't be like you and i well first of all you don't want to be like me because i'm me and you're you 
you know, and an introverted person can deliver a phenomenal presentation, can pull a chair up to a table, so to speak, and lean into a conversation. An introverted person can be a keynote speaker and knock socks off of people. Here's what I say about an introverted person is you, you need a major self-care after you do something like that because you're pouring out that energy. Now I'm introverted, extroverted, I go both ways. When I deliver a keynote, I make sure I don't have anything much booked for the rest of the day because I pour in the energy. It's a matter of, again, it comes back to that self-awareness and our knowing, but there are times where, uh, uh, so, uh, a lot of times women, they, they apologize. So I'm going to slide back here and they play cute little bunny rabbits. I just did this exercise in a workshop I took last week, you know, little bunny. Oh, I'm, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Or, you know, I can't take up space in the room or we get like this, like dragons and, uh, you know, when it, and the woman that was leading this workshop is one of this one I've been following for a couple of years. And she does a lot of work that I do. And I have a great awe for her when, and she wrote a book and talked about this in her book and brought it back into this workshop last week is when we all need to be a cheetah. Here's a cheetah. I'm just sitting up strong. I'm, I am sitting here in my office in my chair. I'm upright. I'm sitting up strong. And a cheetah is sometimes quiet. And a cheetah is also sometimes giving the cheetah roar. But it's being able to take up that space and speak without having to be that dragon. Now, there are going to be times we need to be like that dragon to really get an impact into something. But you know, in groups and um, especially like the like um, you know Representative um, Alexandra, she was a cheetah. She had her her emotions managed. She laid it on a line. She addressed it. And here's my two double favorite F words. She was firm and she was factual. And there is a space in being firm and factual with for emotions. It's when we become so emotional. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with becoming so emotional. I'm a big proponent before you go and do any kind of confrontation or anything like that. Go in another room, get all the emotions out. You know, shake your groove thing or do whatever it is you got to do to manage all these cool, groovy, um, feely sensations. But when you're letting these emotions go and becoming too emotional and letting them go and you're not managing them, they're controlling you. That hag in the attic starts kicking in. All that starts controlling you and you're not managing it. And I, it's all about managing, you know, and being, being that cheetah, being grounded in managing things. Kim, I, I, we are kind of a little bit like soul sisters here um, <laughs> because there's not a single thing that you said that I'm not so, so aligned with this, this management thing. And, you know, and I come from a place where, I just remember not remotely being good at managing emotions when I was growing up. Oh, for goodness sakes. I, I, oh, and I always refer to actually, um, I went to a boarding school when I did my A-levels. And so I was 16, 17, going on 18. And uh, it was a boys' school with just six girls who were taken in for the first time ever this year uh, that I went. It was in the 70s. And so it was an extraordinary experience. But I remember I wanted to get into discussions, debates, deep talks, because I liked that. So I'd sort of find myself being hooked into something in one of these boys' studies, and I'm the only girl there. And before I knew what was happening, they were 
they turned it on me to make me look stupid or gullible or whatever and then instead of beautifully managing it like I would do now I well what do you mean and so you're saying and then I got all defensive and then the next thing I know Kim I'm bursting out into tears or I'm walking out the room and slamming the door and bursting out into tears lost all credibility they're laughing I can hear them inside I feel like a complete idiot um so I really really know the the pain of not of have of having the energy which is great having the the desire to say things which is great having opinions and then blowing it by not being able to manage it when things don't quite go how you want them to does that make sense to you absolutely you know and as adults i'm trisha now when when women when we continue to show up like that where we're not managing our emotions let me tell you what's said in the it whether it's metaphorical or actual physical boardroom it's not she does not have it together it's that just goes to show you all women don't have it together that's what's said it is totally what is said and it it, you know, and that's why I'm a big collaborative with um, other women. Don't, you know, knock down other women. I mean, you know, draw, draw some in a conversation, draw some, I guess, conclusions, but let's make them, you know, not just constructive. You know, I, I don't want to ever say, you know, don't ever dismiss your intuition. But when we're constantly knocking down other women, of course, of course, the other gender men is going to say, there we go again. <laughs> Another one bites the dust that just takes the whole gender down. And this is how it works. It's just how um, time and time has been over the history of mm -hmm. women have been held back. Um, women of color have been held back. Um, you know, and the whole, the whole um, women's rights are not, they're not viewed as human rights yet. We're in this 21st century. They're not, still not viewed as human rights yet. We are still here in the United States. We are still paid less than a man. And it's going to take not just women standing up, but it's going to take men going, I'm not going to do this until my female counterpart is paid the same. You know, so we, you know, and that, that takes a bold voice too. It takes a lot of shifting and um, bold voices. And we all have a lot of work to do. We really, truly do. I think, I think you touched on something there, which is also interesting, is that it's not this, it shouldn't be this male-female fight. It, it's, it's trying to get us all together. So, you know, so men embracing the kind of female energies that they've got more and women feeling cool about embracing some of their more male energies or whatever it is, but us working together with it. Because the last thing any of us ever want, and maybe this Maybe this got misconstrued back in the 60s and 70s. Maybe it felt like it was an attack on the entire male race and that was not so helpful. But really all we're trying to do is bring everybody as humans together to, to all work on their cheetah. And, you know, it, it, that, that's what we're doing here. The, the minute you turn it into a fight, people get just massively defensive and you, you're, you're nowhere. Um, but it, I, yeah, I, oh God, I, this is going to be awful because I, I, I've already, right, no, it's not going to be awful. You're going to come back again. Okay, so that's, that's, I've ticked that list there, right? <laughs> right, Kim, Kim comes back. Um, tell us a, a little bit about, so you just say you're working on a book now. Yes, I keep putting it out there on podcasts. So, you know, actually, no, I, I, um, I, I need to. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I need to take my crown, which is a little crooked right now, and just put it right back up there. And actually, I was doing some work on it um, before we came to this today. I really have to stop acting like that little spoiled little brat of these emotions that we're sitting here talking about, which I do quietly behind closed doors, and really step it on up. I, I Listen, I am not a writer. I am not a writer. And I'm I'm multiple published author. I'm, a multi, I'm an international published author yeah. with anthologies. The trip up is now the responsibility is just me. I would rather more speak it. So we've been going through, okay, well, talk in your phone. I'm like, okay, I'll talk on my phone. I mean, there is just nothing that really, from when I'm here, when I'm really feeling something, and then I finally get and start typing, there's the disconnect. So I will have this book published this year. Honestly, we come on, we we because I'm writing a book too. Okay, so uh, and it's and this will be my first book. So we will we will try and be accountability partners yes. with each other here because I know exactly what you're talking about there. Absolutely, this is brilliant. Just briefly coming from something that you've talked about before, and you you we already touched on this managing. Okay, so this this applies very much to us managing the thing. <laughs> in our heads which has sometimes way more power and is playing around like a crazy up there um, and needs management and you've got a very good term for that thing tell us she's called the hag in the attic in fact hang on let me reach towards her she's right here she's always on my desk <laughs> my hag in the attic her name is it is morelda hag smith I buy all of this for her. Uh, I mean, she's, she's got carte blanche. I give her carte blanche. Um, yeah, this, she, she's the, yeah, my, she's my hag in the attic and we all do, we all have an inner critic. And I, and I'm a, I'm a huge proponent and a believer that the hag in the attic and the imposter syndrome are best friends. And they also have multiple or more besties. You know, that lack of self-esteem, the lack of self-worth, the lack of confidence. Uh, my favorite OPOs, other people's opinions. They have a baseball team that really come on in and like to take us um, down. And as adults, we've allowed that inner critic to do this. You know, and that's, you know, a lot of the stuff that with this book that I'm going through right now by just simply saying, I'm, you know, I'm not a writer. And it's like, okay. And then I look at my words and go, it reminds me of when I was first learning to read in elementary school. See, Dick, Chase, Jane, and Spot. Right? You know, it's like, it's just all, <laughs> it's all that hag in the attic. It's, it's, but this is what we do. I mean, we allow that hag in the attic to keep us small, to keep us small and comfortable. And that's the job we've given our inner critic. That's, it's, the inner critic's just doing the job. It's a matter of, we need to step it up and say, you know, hey, sister, I got this today. I need you, but I need you in the back seat managing all those other emotions so I can go get the job done. Oh, oh, I love this. Yeah, keeps us small and comfortable. Is so, and that is that is not so often talked about. But it, it, the number of times I set up as a coach, I don't know. Unlike you, I came from kind of like I didn't hadn't done the corporate world really um, a, a little bit when I was much younger but so I come from more of the arts kind of world as a speaker and active whatever and so I had to 
oh god it was horrendous in a way and that was when the these this this baseball team came came along with thousands of inner um hags and everything um and i was so tempted to go back to where I was because it was beautiful. You know, I was just doing beautiful little speaking engagements on the community circuit, so they were lovely. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of acting and a little bit of this, and, uh, and I didn't have to market myself. <laughs> I didn't have to do any of that businessy stuff, even although I was self-employed. It, it just was lovely. It was lovely. And the number of times I, I should have made a list of that the, I nearly went back into that place and something somewhere just kept bubbling up again and saying mm, 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 mm. something is trying to push you back down and you really like you say you really need to have a chat with that something because if you just now try and put that under the carpet you're getting nowhere fast you know that under the carpet's going to be ginormous you're never going to be able to walk through that room that that it'll be so huge you know i spoke at um so i'm in i live in the detroit area and in the detroit area we have the big three we've got ford chrysler and gm all their their world headquarters are all you know not far and a year ago a little over a year ago uh, ford motor company was, was in the attempting to launch a woman leadership initiative but it wasn't the motor it wasn't ford motor company it was the ford credit company which is 10 times bigger than ford motor company and they brought me in to be a, a keynote and um I just have to go right down this one uh, main road that turns into expressway to get to Ford Motor Company. And, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm excited. I've got some nerves going. I've got them all going. I make sure I arrive early and I sat, okay, I'm in Ford Motor Company's um, parking lot in a, in a German vehicle, BMW. So I'm sweating with that just right there. You know what I mean? Because it that's what goes down here in the journey. But, you know, Trisha, I sat there, I turned the radio off. I turned um, the air conditioning up. I rolled the windows down so I had fresh air and alter it because let me tell you what my hag was saying to me before I entered that, that a huge, major world, Ford world headquarters. Wow. Who do you think you are going in there when you don't even own business clothes? Wow. Who do you think you are going in there talking to these corporate people? We haven't been in corporate in a thousand years. I had to sit there and take multiple deep guttural breaths and say, I look fine the way I am. And I'm not going to wear corporate clothes because I, that's just not, I'm not, I'm not, I get inside there. Everybody's in khakis and tennis shoes. I'm like, what the heck? You know? So yes, it's having to have those dialogues, but we've got to have strong sense of self of sense of, of awareness, self-awareness to be able to go, Oh, that's her. I'll let you vent for a little bit, but then now you have to have the tools to manage her and not control her. I hear a lot of people that want to say to this little, this little one right here, I'm going to kick you to the curb. You kick her to the curb, she's going to come back 20 times bigger. We just need, and let me tell you, there are times I want to kick mine to the curb. Cannot. I want her to be an ally. I want her to be a part of my team, but I want to manage her. Oh, Kim. What is amazing, uh, I love, 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 love that story. Um, the, and I can so say that this is not going to be a one-off, guys <laughs> and girls, because it happened to me 
with JP Morgan, oh, yeah. uh, Rural Huge, and they're local in Bournemouth. So exactly mirroring your story, I also, they had started a women's initiative thing, went in as a keynote, did exactly the same. Oh, I'm not wearing corporate clothes. This isn't corporate. My shoes, I'm not wearing heels. What was the heads going? All this. It won't be thingy enough. I won't have the right buzz points to, for corporate. It'll be too. Oh. I was telling a story which included something about, you know, Queen Elizabeth II in it somewhere. I thought, oh, that, maybe that's wrong. I've got that wrong. They love the storytelling. I also walked in there and they were all wearing casual clothes. <laughs> CEO of Ford Credit, who has was recruited. Um, uh, he's European, and I don't know exactly in Europe where he's from. He opened up the. He had a, uh, a just a casual jacket on, a nice shirt, wearing jeans. I'm like, he's a CEO wearing jeans on a on a Wednesday. This was not a Friday, you know. Like, so you know, jeans. I was like, whoa! And I told them the story. It was of course not in my uh, speech, but I told them the story. Do you know they all applauded? They're like, we don't want they all applaud it. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. That's a part of authenticity and being vulnerable and showing yourself. It's, I was not being a victim and a schlump and going, you know, and I did, I literally told them the story and they all just, they all applauded and started laughing. I'm like, hang on, I've got a long necklace on here. Let me get that sucker off too. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh, we've got to end on that. We've got to end on the vision of you taking your long necklace off. And I'll be taking my shoes off next. I'll be barefoot here in a minute. <laughs> oh, I just love that. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, and the point is, unless we open up like that, and not, as you say, not as a victim, but as just pure, honest, transparent, truthful human, then um, you, it's like magic the way you see everybody else suddenly opening up because it's, we have literally, we have flicked the switch and we, we must all keep doing that because imagine if we all just sat metaphorically in the car park saying, I can't, I can't, I've got to be like this. I can't go in there unless I'm like, if everyone was doing that, it would be like the classic, Emperor's New Clothes situation until somebody, somewhere for God's sake, took their long necklace off. Kim, you are so good at doing just that. And you have, you have given us all permission to take our long necklaces off. And I, I just, I could honestly go on talking about this forever. Now, let's just wrap up by you letting people know how they now get into your world. Well, I'm going to be a little jokingly here for a moment. Um, no one can get in my world unless you go through all the Brits over there in the UK, and over in England there. I am in this group and they are just the maze balls over there. I'm like in this group with all you in England and it's just like, I'm the only American. This is amazing. You're such a close knit. I'm so I'm, I'm, I just want to give a shout out to everybody um, across oh. the pond for me. But please stop by at kimbeasonboysmith.com, my website. Come, please reach out to me on LinkedIn if we're not already connected. And, you know, just in, in the back end, just simply say, you know, um, I'm a friend of Trisha's or I heard you on Trisha's show and just reach out. I'm also on Facebook if you want to stop over there. And um, on Instagram, I, I dabble on Instagram, but mainly the uh, website and uh, LinkedIn right now. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. And people will. I, you're an absolute delight. And uh, I'm very glad that I 
hit upon you via the incredible world of LinkedIn, which just brings all this fabulousness. It's great. It, when, once you get it, it's, it's fabulous. And this is a great example because we've just had a really brilliant conversation. And you will be coming back for part two because there was way too much more I wanted to talk about. So I'm, what time is it now in Birmingham? It is 1.40 p.m. in the, we are five hours apart, so it's 1.40 p.m. in the afternoon. Right. Have you had lunch? I have had lunch, but, you know, it's past noon now. We can start pulling out the cocktails. <laughs> well, well, I've had my wonderful husband, who is very much in touch with his feminine side, um, cooking dinner for me while I've been doing this. So I'm now just going to chill out and have my dinner so uh yeah result absolutely took me a while to get there though kim but that's a whole nother story um right uh, i i love you that was absolutely fabulous thank you so much and enjoy your rest of your day and keep safe yes! take action try this one small step stretch your vulnerability comfort zone think of something that You've got an inner script going on with or, you know, your hag in the attic, as Kim calls it, is repeating to you. It might not be menopause related or what you're wearing related, but there'll be something. And actually go and share that thought with some people. You'll be surprised. They'll probably have thought it too. And it's a great way of opening up conversations, building relationships, trust. Rapport. Go on, do it. Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be real.